In today's show, I'm going to be joined by the host of the Locked On Bulls podcast, Big Dave Watson, and we're going to talk Chicago Bulls. Michael Bolton, he's going to sit in as well. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Earlier in the day, I recorded a fantasy preview for the Chicago Bulls, so you can go check out my fantasy thoughts on ADPs and sleepers and busts and breakouts and all of that good stuff. Today, we're going to talk about it from a local perspective, get the insight on rotations and how they think things will work from being around the team and hearing from the, the general vibe of the squad, I guess, and some uh, some in-depth local questions. So, Michael Bolton will get... Oh, he's, Michael Bolton's already been here. What am I talking about? I'm, I'm lost. It's early. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, it's time for me to bring him in now. One of the hosts of the Locked On Bulls podcast, Big Dave Watson, is here with me. Dave, welcome to the show for the first time. Josh, thank you for having me on. I don't know a lot about Australia. I do know Akadaka. I do know that. I think I think everyone knows. Uh, I think everyone knows Akadaka, the uh, the old uh, the old ACDC. Everyone's uh, everyone's well across yeah. it. But we're not here to we're not here to talk about Australia unless we're going to just dive deep into the history of Luke Longley. Which Dave, as as a Bulls person, I highly recommend if you can get your hands on this documentary because of course after the you know, this is a tangent we're starting off here. After the last mm-hmm. dance, it was a mild controversy here in Australia that Luke Longley wasn't featured in that. So with why, mm. why isn't Luke in this? So uh, an Australian documentary team went and found Luke at. And spoke to him and did a whole uh, two-part, two-hour documentary on his part in the Bulls dynasty, oh, yeah. his basketball history. It's called Australian Story Big Leap or something. I don't know. Just Australian Story Luke Longley. And any Bulls fan who is watching this, see if you can find a copy of it because it uh, it's definitely well worth your time. So it's like a two-hour Luke Longley. Mm-hmm. But they actually they got they got Jordan on there. They Pippen, uh, Pippen's on there as well. Steve Kerr's on there all talking Luke Longley. And just sort of, sort of like a, an addendum to the last dance. So there's something that you can learn about Australia. And you can hear Luke Longley talking about his experiences after you know, he was a big part missing from that uh, last dance documentary. But that's enough on all yeah. that, Dave. No one wants to hear Luke, Long- <laughs> Luke Longley talk. It was good, though. It was good. <laughs> it, it, it was. Let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. go. Let's talk Chicago Bulls because this is, of course, sure. a team that has... Uh, some of the weird, weirdest stuff going on in the offseason, the biggest change, I guess, out of every team, uh, maybe except the Lakers or maybe on par with the Lakers. But let's have a look at what you project their starting five to be come opening night. Uh, yeah, starting five opening night, uh, you're going to go with Lonzo Ball at, at the point guard, uh, Zach Levine at the two, uh, DeRozan at the three, Patrick Williams uh, at the four, and rounding out the five will be uh, Nikola Vucevic. I don't think there's any debate about that whatsoever. I don't think anyone can mm-hmm. have any really any, any way to say, oh yeah, this is going to happen or this is going to change. I think this is the guarantee. We're going to talk more about how this starting five interacts later on, but this is this is the starting five. This is how it all looks. What is I'm say more interesting is the way the bench works at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Dave, is there any reason why the Chicago Bulls have just decided they're not signing any players? Like teams are running with like 20 camp contracts, and the Bulls have got like 13 guys, including a two way player. 
Yeah, 13. I believe a couple slots uh, left, you know, to fill out the 15. Um, right now, they're going after uh, Paul Millsap. We talked about that today on the show. Uh, that's been their focus. He's a guy that I've wanted them to go after for a couple weeks now. He's just that enforcer. I love a goon on the te- team, Josh. Like I love goons, and goons are necessary on a winning team. And he really fills that role of enforcer, the guy that could come in at the power forward position. You can't push around, and he can also score, and he'll get you some rebounds, and he's got six fouls to use, and I hope he uses all of them. So, yeah, he's that person I think they're going to go sign, uh, that veteran that's been to the playoffs that you can kind of you know talk to. So that's what they're after right now. Um, well, considering their bench forward rotation isn't particularly strong, I think that would be an awesome addition. Yes. And uh, I think that would be absolutely. absolutely massive in making them. I can't believe he's not signed, to be honest, in making them a, uh, a stronger team. But let's have a look at how you look at their bench rotation. You know, who is the guys that make up that nine to ten man rotation that Billy Donovan will mm-hmm. use? Who do you think is going to be in that? Oh, you're going to have Kobe. Again, this is um, predicated on when Kobe gets back because Kobe's out with an injury right now. But uh, you're going to go with Kobe. You're going to go with Caruso, uh, Derek Jones Jr., uh, Troy Brown Jr., and uh, Tony Bradley. I think that's the five that they'll go with. It might be closer to nine than it is ten because because of the way Billy Donovan likes to run three-guard lineups out there. So I think he'll be playing around with that because they're clearly a team who wants to run and clearly a team that likes wings. So Tony Bradley will get in there, but he'd probably be in that, you know, 10-man rotation if they decide to go 10 deep. So, And if they don't, if they do end up getting Paul Millsap, Bradley won't be a part of that because Millsap will just play uh, Correct. The, the backup center role. <laughs> and then you'll get Derek Jones limited mm-hmm. as well because both of those guys and their offensive game is pretty limited. But the interesting thing with this team, and I was talking about it when I did the fantasy-specific preview show earlier on today, is that there's just a lot of guards who played sizable roles last year. Like, you know, Kobe White, like, I don't really... Well, actually, let's, let's talk Kobe White now and, and get onto yeah. his injury update because he does have, like, apparently every player in the NBA, a torn labrum in his shoulder. He joins uh, Pascal Siakam and, and someone else, oh, Anika Kongwu with a torn labrum in the shoulder. White mm-hmm. is likely back probably no mid-November, I think, is, is the expected timeline for, for Kobe White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely expect the timeline for him because, you know, with the season starting, you know, uh, mid-October, towards the end of October, I think he'll still have another month, you know what I'm saying, to make sure he gets everything back right. So I don't think he'll totally be be back right until closer to the, you know, all-star break. But that's just me talking. Of course, I have a three-doctorate degree, so of course I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Look, he's he's not going to be 100% for a while. You're right, because... And anytime mm. you have some sort of issue with your shoulder, it affects all of your mechanics and your shooting stuff. But yeah, regardless yeah. with Kobe, like last year he played 31 minutes a night, started majority of the season, um, and now he isn't. Like there's no way that he is playing those 31 minutes a night that he played last season. And there is a legitimate argument, I think, Dave, that he's not even the first guard off this bench at times. Look, maybe maybe he is, yeah. but Alex Caruso is there. You need a defensive guy to come in. Caruso comes in ahead of White. You need some scoring. White comes in. Um, you need size. Maybe it's Troy Brown that comes in, depending on how they want to work things. So is this the moves that they made, not only are bringing in Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan, but Alex Caruso as well. Is this the front office saying we're not really... Because it's not them saying, oh, well, Kobe White's going to miss four games to begin the year. We have to bolster our guard depth. It feels to me it's mm-hmm. like we do not have faith in this guy to be a, a long-term starter. His best role is going to be as a sixth man, which I've been saying for a while. But even yeah, the Caruso move, it feels like they are not in on Kobe White. And would you be shocked? I know there's a lot of questions I'm throwing at you. Would you be shocked if, if, if there is a trade of Kobe White happening? Uh, no, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a trade of him happening. Um, he's definitely a great piece uh, that you can you know dangle out there and you know kind of upgrade. 
uh, just depending on how the Bulls look, you know, throughout the season. If if it looks like they need some help somewhere, if they need just that spot up three point shooter who can also defend the wing, you know, Kobe White's a good piece you can kind of trade to get something like that. But I was saying last year, I think it was said, you know, in a lot of Bulls circles, we all knew Kobe White wasn't, you know, a starter. Yeah. Uh, but we just knew that he was better than Tomas Sadoransky, period. So it was like he has to start Like until you give me somebody that's better than him. He has to start. Well, they went and got somebody better than him. They went and got Lonzo Ball. OK, fine. Now you can go right back to your bench role where we all thought you, you know, could really contribute for this team. Because when Kobe gets hot, he's hot. And I need I'd like that on him. You don't see him doing well as a facilitator, a guy trying to run your offense or anything like that. No, he's good when he just has to put the ball into the basket. That's when he's at his best. And he does that very well coming off the bench against second units. He can really torch them, I, I believe. So, yeah, he'll he'll be great uh, coming off the bench as a sixth or seventh guy. Yeah, he's that guy that could see that usage spike in fuel minutes. Maybe he plays you know, seven fuel, eight fuel minutes per game, but gets more, mm-hmm. more shot attempts or more shot attempts on a per-minute basis because he is that guy that is running that second unit. But Dave, Kobe White might be sweating a little bit, waiting, worrying about what his future is in the NBA. And I, I would recommend to him that he gets sweat blocked because it is the one of the strongest clinical antiperspirants you can find. Doctor created, doctor recommended. You might have seen it on the Rachel Ray show because I know there's a huge crossover between people who listen to Locked On and people who watch Rachel Ray. So you've probably seen this product already it is something you sweat block you wipe it on under your arms before you go to bed have a sleep think about Kobe White wake up the next morning have a shower have a wash go off to work and then you're covered up to seven days maybe you put it on twice a week but that's it you don't have to worry about what color shirt you're wearing you don't have to worry about getting up in front of your boss and being embarrassed at a presentation because you've got swimming pools under your arms sweat block is the product to help reduce that embarrassing hyperhidrosis problem that so many people that we know uh, suffer from whether it's ourselves or someone in our in our life there's going to be someone who has that issue and sweat block could be that answer so go to sweatblock.com you can save 20 percent by using our promo code locked on it's also available at amazon and at CVS, but 20% off, no, nobody wants to pay an extra extra amount of money. Go to, go to sweatblock.com, use our promo code locked on and save that 20%. And if you are one of those bosses that's being presented to by someone with sweaty underarms, that means you're in charge of hiring a lot of those cases. So Indeed is the place that you need to go. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to get higher great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That seems wrong, is it? No, it's not. Get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Dave, thanks for sitting through that while we uh, while we pump up in, Indeed and sweat block. But let's go on to some other stuff here with this Chicago Bulls team. Sure. How the hell is the ball going to get shared amongst these guys? Zach Levine was existing as the number one player for a long time. Made an all-star team. Ridiculous usage, ridiculous efficiency, handling the ball. They brought in Nikola Vucevic towards the end of the season. We didn't really get to see those guys play together too much. Levine had some COVID issues, had an ankle problem. We didn't get to see them merging together. So now we've got to work out Levine and Vuce together. And now we've got to add DeMar DeRozan into that mix. And then Lonzo Ball, who's not a high usage player, but whose value is in being a, a, a passer. So therefore, to be a passer, you need the ball in your hands. 
How does this work? Who takes the, the biggest step back here? Is Levine and Vooch going to settle in as 1As, 1Bs? Are they going to all share it with DeRozan? When does Lonzo hold the ball? Like, How, how is this going to work? Oh, man, I love this question. So I've, I don't think I'm too concerned about uh, sharing the ball at all. One, because you definitely have a point guard who's and that's the reason you kind of brought Lonzo in here is to put the ball in his hands, have him run the offense, get everybody where they need. Because this team has not had a point guard in, in, since Derrick Rose. Like, it's been a very long time since you had that. And in this NBA, you need a point guard. Like, you have to have one. It is a must and a very good one. This and is, Lonzo uh, Ball is, this is un- definitely unintentional, the one. unintentional Ryan Archer-Jackano slander, slander here. Uh, <laughs> Take it as you want it. <laughs> Shout out, right? Arts was Arts was nice here, but no, it was his time to roll. But it was it was his time to go. But um, but yeah, you needed that. You needed that point guard, and and he's going to provide that. Now, as far as who how they share the ball, look, when Zach Levine, you said it yourself, he was the number one option on this team. That's the reason his usage rate was so high, and he had to do everything, and that's why he would turn the ball over so much. That's why he would step out of bounds so much, and that and they had him playing the one. They had him playing the two because. Who else was they going to give the ball to? Denzel Valentine? There was no one else here he was going to share the ball with. It was just Zach Levine. Uh, so, was, of course, his usage rate, usage rate was very, very high. That's going to drop. DeMar DeRozan, also, number one option on his team. Who was he going to share the ball with? Keldon Johnson? Like, it, it was nobody else on their team that he could just give the ball to where he could take a little break and do his thing. But I will say this about those two. They both averaged the highest number of assists they had ever averaged, you know what I'm saying, in this past year. Zach averaged over five assists. DeMar averaged seven. Like, they've never averaged that amount of assists ever in their career. So they like sharing the ball. Zach likes sharing the ball. It's what he does. He he doesn't mind coming off ball. Matter of fact, if you check his shooting numbers, his catch and shoot numbers are really excellent. Like, almost damn near superb. Like, he is very, very good at that. Then you add Vooch in there, who also likes sharing the basketball. So you got four guys out there. And Patrick Williams, who's not learning, who's still learning how to be that kind of facilitator, because that's kind of what they want to work on. They worked on it with them in the summer league and things like that. But you got four guys who definitely like sharing the rock. Now, as far as who takes a step back, it's going to be DeMar DeRozan in my in my perspective because th- he's not brought in here to be the number one guy. I think he's going to be number three behind Vooch, uh, behind Zach and Vooch. Uh, if you want to argue him being number two, I don't mind at all. But he will not be the number one guy. That will definitely be Zach Levine. So that's something he has never not been. And I think in your 12th year in the NBA, that's kind of welcome. You kind of want, don't want that kind of workload on you. You kind of want to be part of a team. And you're just trying to win at this point. And him trying to win at this point means he's going to be facilitating. He's going to definitely get his time with the second unit. And he's definitely going to get his time in the fourth quarter when it's time to give somebody the ball because we just definitely need a bucket and definitely somebody who facilitate because Zach Levine is being double teamed or something's going wrong with him. So, yeah, he'll get his opportunity to do all that. But it will all start with Lonzo Ball because he will definitely be the one uh, getting everybody in position and letting them know where they have to be. I agree with you that DeRozan will be the guy that takes the biggest step back, but they all will lose a little bit of usage. Yeah, Vooch, Levine, sure. Lonzo, DeRozan. And you talked about the you know, career highs for Levine in assists, the career highs for DeRozan in assists. Both of those numbers will have to come down too because, again, DeRozan was basically functioning as the point guard with the Spurs. With yeah. you know, DeJounte Murray's not a great passer. Derek White was out pretty much all the season. And then, as you said, Levine is, is working alongside Kobe White and Thomas Sadoransky last season. So they're all going to see that dip in usage and assist rate as they share the ball around. So is going to be something to watch and it is meaning at the at the moment in terms of fantasy numbers Vooch and Levine seem to be too highly ranked DeRozan's too lowly ranked I think they're sort of going to meet more in the middle than what the current rankings of those guys would suggest but let's talk about the other guy there's another player in that in that starting five and that is 
Patrick Williams. Um, okay, so let, let's go to this question. How, how is there any ball for him at all to get? Like With those four guys around him, I think he's going to be out there providing pretty strong defense. We saw in mm. Summer League them just give him the ball and say, pretend like you're a number one offensive option. It didn't go particularly yeah. well in terms of efficiency, but I have... Like when we look at breakout players for fantasy, oh, he's heading into his second year. He started. There's a big step forward. I just don't see how he gets the ball in his hands anywhere near enough to to show anything. But what can he improve on that doesn't require him touching the ball? Because he's just not going to do it. Mm, that doesn't require him touching the ball. Well, they definitely wanted to work on you know his mental game, uh, his IQ, as far as him. Shouldn't say IQ, but more as far as him believing in himself more. Yeah. You know, taking more of the initiative, uh, being more direct, being more firm, uh, not being passive. Because we saw that a lot in his rookie season. Very he passive. would get the ball and he was like, no, nah, you know, you get it. Or he'll go in the corner and he'll just disappear. Now, the only complaint you would ever hear about Patrick Williams and his game was we just want to see it more, which to me is not a complaint. Because you're telling me that he has a skill, he has the ability, he knows what he's doing out there. You just want to see him do it more. You wanted him to see to take those 20 shots. You wanted, you know, the ball in his hands and to see what he can do with it because he showed you that he has that ability. So I think that's the only thing that kind of working on is that. And he showed that in summer league because in that second game, I remember they said when he went into halftime, he was the main one yelling at them, telling them, yo, we got to go win this game. Give me the basketball. They said in that fourth quarter, and he said himself in that fourth quarter, he demanded the basketball. He's like, give it to me. I will go score. We will go win. That is something we did not see in the first year. And I'm glad that we're going to see more of it in the second year. Now, again, he'll get more opportunity to do stuff with the second unit. And that's really where it'll come in for him is when that second unit comes. Because like you said, it won't happen with that starting unit. He's like the fourth or fifth option, you know what I'm saying, out there. But as far as, yeah, without the basketball, I think it's just the mental things that he has to work on. Because I don't see your issue with his footwork. His defense is already good. You know what I mean? And all those little things, all those little nuances. He He's never out of position, you know what I'm saying, on the floor. He's always great with the help defense. And he he does runs the baseline very, very well. He sets great picks. Like, he does all the little tiny things that you really don't have to teach anymore to him. So it's all mental for him right now at this point. And that's a great thing to say for somebody who's, like, just turned 20. You're right in terms of the hesitancy with him. He would get the ball and just not shoot it. And that was a real problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I copped some criticism, maybe probably rightfully so, when I was talking about the Bulls and free agency and said that yeah, Patrick Williams is not a very good shooter. It said, oh, we well, shot 39% from three, which is true. He did as a rookie. The fact is he just didn't take really many of them. And part of that right. he- hesitancy and the point that I yeah, poorly tried to explain is that you can shoot 39 40% from three, but if you're not actually willing to take the shots, the defense doesn't care. And they don't mm-hmm. get out and they don't guard you and it doesn't bend the speed space for other guys to drive and attack. And there'll be more of that with Levine and with DeRozan providing that um, mid-range and three-point area to, to create more space for others as well. But if Williams is not willing to shoot when he gets the open shot, hitting 39% is not that important, especially when you're only taking eight shots a game. If you're going to hit take one of those from three, it doesn't actually make that much of an impact. So he's got the ability to hit the shots. I'd like to see it in a volume that's larger than like 100 shots or whatever, three, however many threes he took last mm-hmm. year. And that's, I think, where he's got to be able to, to increase. He's got to take that 24% three-point attempt rate and take it up to 35, 40, because that's the only time he's really going to get it in catch-and-shoot corner three-type opportunities. He's not going to be like, let's clear out for Patrick Williams and let him right. uh, attack the rim and while everyone else stands around. That's just not, not going to happen. I wouldn't think, unless he just takes this phenomenal leap forward. Which is possible. Yeah, we'll look, the guy's young, but I'm, I don't see it. 
Yeah, and it's still a couple things he has to work on, like as far as ball handling. Oh, yeah. You know, if you notice that summer league, he turned the ball over a lot. And he does not have a move yet. Like, he doesn't have a go-to move yet. Like, he doesn't have a step back. He doesn't have a move, a spin in the post or anything like that. He doesn't have any of that yet. So those things he definitely has to learn. But I think, again, you're not asking him to do everything this year. So as far as fantasy is concerned, no, I wouldn't be looking at him like that. But that's like just playing the game right. This is it's a perfect situation for a 20 year old still, you know, just learning those kind of nuances. It's time for me to ask the question that I asked for all my hosts, Dave. Um, do you fix yes, your own, do you fix your own car? Do I fix my own car? I do not. Thank anymore. you. You're, you're the only other person on this network that doesn't have any idea what they're doing with it. Well, doesn't have any idea because that's me, but doesn't fix their own car. Everyone else, yeah, I just bought a battery. Yeah, I bought an injector pump or some other bullshit. But if you want a part for a car, Rock Auto is the place that you need to go. You don't need to go into a local chain auto store. Line up. The bloke behind the counter is going to tell you, yeah, mate, I'll order that part. There's just so many of them around, mate. Don't worry about that. You've got a computer. It's in your pocket on your phone at home. Go to rockauto.com and find the part that you need for your car and save money. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same part that you can order direct from Rock Auto. They are a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They have everything that you would need for your car. So check out their easy to use website at rockauto.com. Find the parts that you need for your car or truck. And in their how did you hear about us box, it's very easy. Just write locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Last question for you, Dave. Um, The bench rotation, actually, I'm going to put two questions into one here to cheat a little bit. I said something on the earlier fantasy show that I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Troy Brown Jr. Who's got passing ability, defensive ability, huge size. He's like six, nine as a guy that can handle the ball. Yeah. Be someone that in games plays more minutes than Caruso or than Kobe White. Cause they just need that guy who can step up into that role. Now his shooting has been pretty poor. We haven't seen much of him in Chicago, but there seems to be a pretty significant role potentially available for him. There as a defensive ball handling wing type, which is just not covered by Kobe White, who's who's undersized, and Caruso, who's really good defensively but lacks something offensively. Um, with yeah, he's not as good of a passer as Brown. Like Brown just seems to have those things that if it gets put together, he could really elevate this season. Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, they were really high on him. Actually, Bulls fandom was very high on Troy Brown Jr. from the first game we saw him come in. Because uh, to it to adhere yourself to the Chicago faithful. They love grit and grind, which is why your boy Ryan Archie Diacono was so big here. So he provided that, but he also had actual basketball skill, especially providing his size, like you mentioned, six six, and you know, with the length that he's that he has, you know, what I mean, with his wingspan and all those things, and with his uh, athletic ability, he was yeah. You could see it on both ends of the floor how he would help your team. Now he got hurt, you know, went out, and we, you know, he kind of had to get back and wasn't the same after that. But you saw that ability, and plus the fact that he's very, very young. But you still saw the ability that he had to come in, you know, and provide for the Chicago Bulls team. So I still think you're going to go with Caruso uh, only because of, you know, he's got a championship ring. You know, he's got that veteran leadership kind of thing. You're still going to do that. But Troy Brown Jr. will definitely be getting minutes, you know what I'm saying, at the two, the three, and they might cheat with him at the four because, like I said, Billy Donovan runs those three-guard lineups. He might want to cheat you know, at the four with him, you know, just to get out in transition and do things like that. But yeah, he's shown himself to be a guy that is going to be super useful for this bull teams on, on both ends of the court. Last one, this guy coming off the bench, people may not even be aware that he's on this team. Second round pick from last season, Marco Simonovic. We saw him in mm. summer league. Um, what did you, what did you see? Do you think he can be a viable NBA rotation player? 
Oh man, there was nobody I watched more in summer league than Marco. I had my eye, my eagle eye on him, Josh. Like I was focused in, lasered on this dude. Everything he did, I watched. Offensive end, I was very impressed. Uh, he comes in polished. Uh, loves setting screens. Loves you know running the pick and roll. Uh, there's never a misstep. He's never out of place. He knows exactly where to be, and he can outrun anybody up and down the floor. He loves to run. That's going to get him an extra six points, especially on a team like this who's going to be out in transition often. He's going to get a free six points if he just runs the floor. Uh, the issue with him came on the defensive end. Now, he was in position, but he wasn't blocking anybody. Uh, little guards were still, you know, bodying him, you know, jumping into him. Um, so, yeah, he has to work on that. And his shooting which was one of the things that was kind of, you know, talked about that he had, you know, overseas. You didn't really see that in summer league. His three point, I think he had one three out of about eight or nine of them. Like he he was not good uh, shooting a three point shot, but he was good at getting rebounds. He was good at scoring inside. He wasn't scared. And one of my favorite things, Josh, is I like people who are tall, who know they're tall. He knows he's tall and he plays that way. So, and I enjoyed that. So yeah, you, you'll see a little glimpses of him on the court. He, of course, he still has, few things to work on like i just mentioned and stuff but overall I, I was impressed by that guy being a second round pick well dave i reckon that'll do it for us here talking about the chicago bulls you can hear dave and matt over on locked on bulls five days a week waiting for the bulls to fill out the back end of their roster i'm sure hey maybe it is paul Millsap. maybe we'll get you back on to have a quick uh, Millsap chat if that does happen later on dave thank you for jumping on and talking about the chicago bulls with me josh thanks for having me anytime you need me man let me know and that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. You can find uh, Big Dave and uh, Matt's Locked on Bulls podcast on YouTube as well. So go and follow them over there as well. And uh, leave your comments, notification bell, thumb me up, ring my bell. You know all the good stuff. And guys, Mock Draft coming really soon. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.